Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 291. What is that you say? That's right. We are edging ever closer. We're edging, all right. Fisting. I meant to say inching and I said edging, so obviously (laughs) my head is somewhere else. Yeah, but we're getting closer and closer to that big 300. You know what that means. Tonight we dine in (laughs) hell, question mark. As you know, this is your favorite Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin, and I'm joined today by... Jake. Chris. And Ames. However, before we get to your regularly scheduled programming, we have super belated... Holiday gift exchange time. This will probably be the latest we've ever done it because yeah, we kept getting sick and having to reschedule things. Yeah, this is our first time in the same room in ages. I had no idea Jake even got you guys gifts. I was ready to just be the loser friend (laughs) who just takes your gifts. Wow, Jake, you did this. You're so kind. Thank you, and you too. I did not. I don't even know. She doesn't even know what they are. Do you know whose bag is whose? Because I don't. I won't. Yes, that's Jake's. Okay. And that one's for Ames. Yay. Okay, and then this one says Chris on it. Thank you. This one says Kayla. And, and Ames has one too. Why? Uh, because they're kind of all the same thing, and <laughs> I didn't want to give you that one separately, so you'd be surprised when they got those. Aww, <laughs> so very wow. belated Christmas gift for Ames. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, the re- part of the reason it's good that we're doing this now is that you'll see when you open them, but these products had to be shipped from overseas and they just arrived this week. Oh, wow. well, this oh, all worked that out. Is good timing. Thank you. And they have a giant spoiler for relativity in them. <laughs> oh, good. Is it uh, seven right, I want, these one, one at a time? I want or? Jake to go first because I forgot what we got. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Let's see. It's a box. Oh. Merry Christmas. Hope you enjoy your box. It is a 3D lamp illusion. I don't know what that means. I think it, yeah, it sounds. This probably also came from overseas, if you can't what, tell. But I don't know what it is. It's an illusion. It's a lamp. Oh, it's oh, one of those. It's things. an illusion lamp. Oh, I see what it is. It's a lamp. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an illusion those, as well. It's one of those little yeah light, light up plastic to, panel to things. Charged up. Yeah. Oh yeah. My uh, I think my dad has this. Oh, whoops. Very no, nice. no, no, no. That was cool because I always thought it was really cool. I get, you gotta peel it back. I was gonna say you it. might see yeah, the backing yeah. off of it. But first. it is a, it is oh, a, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. a like a plastic. What's this stuff usually called? Uh, oh god, acrylic. Acrylic. There, there we go. go. Yeah, like acrylic enterprise lamp that when it's set up, which I'll try to do in a moment. Oh, you it, know what? It looks like it actually yeah it does need to be charged. It's like a charging slot yeah, on the there's back. There's a battery. You could probably just yeah, or it could probably I just can, I bet, I can, run I, off the I mains. Can plug it in over there. Yeah. Run off the mains, governor. Yeah, Jesus. I'm the worst. <laughs> all right. Well, let's proceed. Yes. Uh, I yeah. will. I will try to get this thing. Shall, shall we all do our? Let's, yeah, I was gonna say. Shall we all do together? I mean, they're they're some. Okay. Yeah. You can do they together. fit together. Are right, you ready? Yes. Well, yeah. Well, I'll form the head. Oh! Yeah, dang it. It's Deep Space Nine. What is nice. it? Is blue bricks like Lego bricks, but not? These are these are knockoff German Legos. <laughs> that do, but they apparently are the company they, that has the yeah. official license to produce Star Trek. Oh, wow. Yeah, because these are not, sets. these are like, yeah. Yeah, like, that's why you don't see them as I've Legos. got Benjamin Sisko's face on my box and everything. Oh, do I have a Janeway? I don't. 
Oh, yes, Ooh, Ames has a Voyager, and I have the Voyager. Klingon Katinga Battle Cruiser. Ooh, that's a good choice. Which, yeah, like, I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, thanks, it's got the Star Jay. Trek universe logo. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is delightful. sent from Germany. Wow. That's cool. Very nice. Deutschland. Yeah, more like. Yeah. Enjoy that fully, listeners. That's a good Voyager. Yeah, look at him. That's good. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea the build quality of these or if, like. Well, but if but surely if Star Trek if they have the, I mean the license. Oh shit! Just it even has a shit, stand. I would think. Yeah, I know. I was just admiring that also. Even it says well the name placard and all Star Trek Deep oh, Space Nine. Name placard. Ha! Oh, this. I mean, wow. Yeah, this one's actually from last year. You know what sucks? I yeah, want to build good. it right now. <laughs> I have to do this. Ah, this is not made for. Ch- Nicht. Geeignet für Kinder unter drei Jahren. Kleinteile Erstickungsgefahren. I think that means don't give it to children under three. There are small pieces and, uh, and stickers, I think. Erstickungsgefahr, I would say, means like something about That's nice. stickers. That's nice. What? His gift that, that we got for him? I, I do all the shopping. All the Christmas shopping is done by me. She runs things by me, and I go, that sounds good. And I'm open it. Up. Open it, Ames. I'm opening it. First, there's a little Borg queen. Oh, Aww. She is an itty bitty. And she's very cute. And she's got her little head shit going on. Aww. I bought that for you so long ago. And I've just been, <laughs> like, at one point, it was just in my room. And Chris is like, have you claimed her for your own? I was like, no, I just want to keep her where I know where she is. <laughs> she will get away and assimilate someone. I kind of love the little deadpan expression. Like, she looks less like Borg queen plotting and more like... Her personal assistant drone just gave her some bad news about the quarterly reports. Oh no. Borg Queen accepting Seven of Nine has gotten away. And there's a book, Star Trek Nine, adapted by James Blish. Six thrilling tales from the award-winning television series created by Gene Roddenberry. You know, is it just novelizations of actual extant As far as I can tell, yeah, they just adapted TOS episodes. I don't know how old the book is. Looks pretty old. Explore the outer reaches of the Enterprise and her crew as they exchange bodies with an alien intelligence. Oh, shit. Engage in deadly war games. Pursue a vaporous creature to a desolate planet. And probe Sabotage. a fearsome zone of darkness that threatens to destroy them all. Oh, uh, so what was that? Obsession? Probably uh, Obsession. Games of, gamers of Triskelion? No, the war game yeah. one is probably the yeah, ultimate computer. computer. Ah. And the other one was probably, uh, might have been the, you know, the orb people. There. Oh, yeah, there's a... There's a content so it's returning tomorrow great one of my favorites ultimate computer that which survives obsession return of the archons and the immunity syndrome nice that doesn't sound like nine stories sounds like six. yeah why is it called star trek nine i assume i assume it was a series of yeah, books oh, oh that's probably um, the point yeah. so this is probably the ninth one they put out oh. i'm like wait a second yeah <laughs> the I, math I assume is not adding up here it was the only one i saw in the uh, shop yes but other I, other yeah. bantam books spock must die Star Trek 1, Star Trek 2, Star Trek 3, etc. Down to Star Trek 11. Wait, but it also says Star Trek 9. <laughs> yeah, they, they would... they a second printing, maybe? They, they do that a lot, like, especially with old Star Trek books. Tim I remember they would... Steel. They would have, like, the Star Trek books I would get as a kid, like... They would often have, like, also from Pocket Books. And it was clearly just a generic list they oh, put yeah, in every... Oh, yeah, they just every, use it for every one of them. And it yeah. was like, th- like, yes, I know that one is also from you, because this is the one I'm holding. Yes, happy, very belated Christmas, because when's this going up? Sometime in February? Happy Michaelmas. Yep. Pretty sure. <laughs> nice. Well, I see, it's it, time I travel. I can't wait. I would build That's it right, right. now. That's we, the theme of the week. We actually recorded this on December 24th. Uh, <laughs> totally. No, really. Yep. 
Uh, Santa's coming tonight. We might have to pause the episode to shoo away carolers demanding figgy pudding. Mm-hmm. They do love that figgy pudding. Fuckers. But first... Uh, you mean instead of playing with my blue bricks, I have to talk about episodes? Mm-hmm. What are they? Well, this well, we week... We haven't even discussed yet. We haven't. Back to our regularly scheduled program. As you've come to expect, we will be discussing two episodes of Star Trek The Voyager. Episode... Season 5, episode 23, 1159... And uh, episode 24 of the same season, Relativity. Ugh. 11.59. It's Janeway meet cute. Basically, that's the whole story. Janeway, okay, fine. There's an A plot and a B plot. The A plot is Janeway is like, I am really excited about my background. Let me tell you about how my, like, the progenitor of my family was a big shot who worked on the Millennium Gate. And that's why I'm, you know, a Starfleet captain because I was inspired And then it turns out that what she thought was true wasn't exactly true, but then it turns out that what she finds out isn't true actually was even not more true, but was still inspiring. And it ultimately doesn't matter because it's not the journey that matters, but the destination. No, wait, the other way around. Either way, we have Captain Janeway because of her belief. It's the Voyager we made along the way. Exactly. And uh, the the important thing is, is that Janeway became a captain because she was inspired. And who was she inspired by? Well, Janeway was inspired by Shannon O'Donnell, who... Is when we first meet her, is down and out, no job, her car sucks, she rear-ends somebody, who is actually super cool about super. it, just is like, all right, well, fine. My car looks better like this. Yeah, actually, I kind of <laughs> like the dent. This car's kind of a shitbox. She breaks down in Portage Creek, Indiana, where they're building the Millennium Gate, and she meets the world's most boring shut-in, <laughs> Henry Janeway, who owns a bookstore and hates the future and computers and the and present, leaving his house and likes to say shit like, you know, I wish I were a gladiator. By <laughs> by Grabthard's hammer, what a savings. <laughs> My dude, then I'd respect him. I know. My dude is an angry xenophobe, Anglo. No, not Anglophile. What's it called when you don't want to leave your house? What's that called? Agoraphobe? That's it. Agoraphobe. Kinda. Yeah, I can see the kind of where you got Anglophile in there. That's some of the letters. <laughs> I don't get xenophobe, though. He hates aliens? Or? Yep, he does now. Or just he hates... No, I mean, he hates now. change and people from other places and leaving his house and anything that doesn't involve, <laughs> like, trying to make a classical reference in every instance in his life all the time and being angry that people want to, like further scientific stuff and he sucks he really sucks but you know don't worry shannon o'donnell is gonna see through his shitty annoying exterior to his equally boring (laughs) shitty interior uh, and fall in love and uh eventually become a janeway herself but first Basically, the whole story is they're trying to build the Millennium Gate. It's going to be a bias. It's like a biosphere thing that's going to teach them about how to, like, make life on new on other planets. And it's going to teach us more about our environment. And it's also going to have a mall, apparently. Sounds right. Yeah. And uh, our girl, Shannon O'Donnell, is, like, actually a super cool engineer who I guess wanted to be an astronaut. I don't really know. And... Uh, it turns out that this town of Portage Creek has been bought up piece by piece by Gerald Moss so that they can realize their Millennium Gate dream. And the one holdout 
if you can imagine, is none other than classic reference spewing, stupid, annoying shut-in Henry Janeway, who's like, no, I don't want to get 20% more than my land is worth, even though literally it looks like we haven't ever had a customer in my bookstore, and how are we actually maintaining this way of life? But eventually, Janeway gets him to, I mean, not Janeway, fuck. (laughs) Shannon... Janeway, Nee O'Donnell, uh, gets him to come around right before the deadline of January 1st, you know, 12 a.m., uh, 2001, the um, real 11 millennium. 11.59. Yeah, exactly. And I know, at the end, I was like, why was it called 11.59? Oh. And anyway, he agrees to sell his shit and let the Millennium Gate happen because Shannon's like, I really like you, but there's no opportunities here, so let's burn down your bookstore and get it on with with this uh, Millennium Gate. And get it on in other ways. Gross. I have some ancestors I want to make. No, some... Uh, what's future? Future... Descendants. 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 There it is. I have descendants we have to make. Yep. So, basically, TLDR, and less confusingly... It's the meat cute of uh, Janeway's great 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 grandmother and her great 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 grandfather, and it's stupid. It's basically the first five minutes of Up, except it's bad. So you guys don't like this one, is what I'm what I'm hearing. I detested it. Wow. Because the whole thing hinges on Shannon and Henry. And I wanted Henry to get kicked down a flight of stairs. I mean, that's, yeah, I think that was my problem with it, too. It's like, I don't think these actors have chemistry together. I don't think he's a good character. He's like 80 years older than her. He's a lot older than her. That's the thing. I looked it up. It's like, this guy could be her... In real life, he's only like 10 years older than Kate Mulgrew. Really? Wow. Well, he lived a hard life. So, like, the, the gap isn't as big as it appears. And, you know, they're adults. Fine. Whatever. But, like... Not only do they fall in love, apparently, they fall in love in like three days. That happens a lot on Star Trek. In front of no, I I know, and it's always in front of picture books with. And it's almost always stupid. Don't get me wrong, but this especially is just like. Well, they didn't really show any scenes of their courtship other than the book dinner. The book dinner. We're going to Paris. Opens a book and is like, "Yeah, see, there's a Eiffel Tower." Look, that was butterfly in the sky. That was very rom com. I found that cute. Yes, I found that one thing. If it wasn't Henry Janeway, the world's most annoying jackass, it would have been cute. In like a here's the thing: their their romance is. Given away from the very top when he says his name is Henry yeah. Janeway, so you know, oh, this is they're gonna hook, they're gonna hook up, or she's gonna hook up with his son when he grows up because she's the son would have been a better catch. Yeah, no, the the son was way cooler than dad. He was a little y- young. Yeah, but he's also not real. A, 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 we can wait a few years. years. So here's the thing, right? So she said at one point in the episode she was 11 years old when the moon landing happened. Yeah, the moon which landing was happened 69. June 69. Yeah, the character. Nice. Is a little <laughs> younger than Kate Mulgrew, right? Only a little though. Yeah. So this would have. So this would be taking place New Year's Eve on in two thousand in the year two thousand. So she would be thirty one. Thirty no forty. Forty one. Forty one or forty two. Yeah, yeah. No. Sixty nine to two thousand. She was eleven. And she 69. was eleven and sixty. Oh, I'm math. Forty two. Forty two. Forty three. Yeah. yeah. Forty two. Because I've seen the math that at the the very very end the, with the photograph we see of uh, older Shannon, she's supposed to be like ninety something there. So what? Her. She's gonna pump out a bunch of progeny after the age of forty two? Apparently, 
That's uh, dangerous. Jason's gonna raise them. <laughs> Jason, the, the well, here's well, the, no, the stepson. I mean, here's the other. Here's the other thing, though, is that this is an alternate history, obviously, right? Because there's no Millennium Gate that yeah, we well, know of. And like, have this, you ever been to Forest Creek, episode, Indiana? This episode came out in '99. Yeah. So they knew there wasn't going to be. A yeah, Millennium that was Gate. a weird choice. Like. I know Star Trek does it all the time, but like, you know, like TN, not TNG, TOS even, was like, oh yeah, we're going to have warp drive in the year 2000. But at least then it was 30 years, and television was still kind of new and seen as disposable. Had they realized people would still be watching and obsessing over it 60 years later, they might have hedged their bets. Yeah. But by the time of Voyager, that was like, really? You're setting an episode two years in the future claiming they're going to build this? What? Hey, but as I said, at least they nailed it on Y2K being bullshit. True. Yeah. Well, Given that's that. that's only because uh, any person with half a brain knew it was. Well, no, no, it was like if people did. If there wasn't there a was lot like of one, work, there was in, like one computer that went down. I read. There's oh. there was more. I'm sure there were more than that. It was one I specifically read about. There were a lot of people doing a lot of work. To well, make, yeah, I mean, make sure it was it was a non-event. Uh, yeah, but even Chris. even after people had done all that, there were still people insisting it was gonna. Well, there was like the doomsday people. Weirdos, you yeah. know, they're like, oh, Christ will return. But anywho. The funny thing about this is the re- so we already knew that this is an alternate history because of fucking More Captain than. Braxton having gone back to the sixties and changed history mm. by, uh-huh. by getting his ship from captured back to Future's End time from Future's End. So we already know. So that's. That's possibly a point, the point of divergence, and why there's so much more better infrastructure projects. There we go. But I mean, we'll never hear from Captain Braxton again. I'm sure. No, no. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, so yeah, so we can thank, we can ultimately thank him for giving Shannon O'Donnell a project to work yeah, on. Yeah, and I do. Yeah, I think the thing, getting back to the the romance with Henry Janeway, I think if he hadn't introduced himself as Henry Janeway at the top of the episode and just said, my name is Henry, this is my bookstore. And then we learn at the very end when he comes out, when he finally makes the decision, I'm going to to sell my bookstore and, and take it a couple extra dollars to Drew Carey's brother. Um, <laughs> and they say, ah, oh, good, sign right here. And he signs Henry Janeway. And then we know at the end, slightly more interesting. Oh, it's Janeway's books. Mm. Hi, my name is Henry Captain Janeway. (laughs) (laughs) There was one point, as Caitlin, it was funny because we watched these separately. And one of the first things Caitlin said to me about the episode was making fun of his like constant big booming pronunciations about classical literature. Like Hector returning with supplies to the walls of Troy. Get the fuck out, you fucking asshole. When I had been watching the episode, I was alone. No one, I was just sitting there alone and he did that and I just went, shut up to no one because I was so sick of him. By the cesarean birth of Julius Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) Like yeah, I, so but they wouldn't have called it a cesarean birth. Mm. Tell that him that. Tell Henry Janeway. Well, because we're pretty sure he got some of his classics wrong too. But that's a whole different thing. Um, okay, so we've been shitting on this guy because he's the worst. But there were a couple of things I did like. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. God. Um, Jesus, Kate. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it had got this man's yum. He uh, loves rom coms. Uh, okay. Oh no, no. Time's arrow. No, here's the thing. That's true. I will yum. None of what I liked about this had to do with the past. 
Um, oh, well, I'll get back to that then. It was all stuff in the present. I just wanted to say some nice things, because we've been shitting mercilessly on this horrible, horrible man and how much he ruined the episode. No, um, I mean, whoever wrote this episode ruined no, the no, episode, I know, let's I be know. fair. But, uh... I will have a story on that. Neelix's delivery... You will eat those words. <laughs> Neelix's delivery of and reaction to Seven's face when he was like a little 7.9.5. He's like, oh, never mind. That was that gave me a genuine giggle. Yeah, I liked I liked seven nine point five. That was quite cute. Yeah, even it was. though I, any literally anyone telling a woman, oh, when you have kids, fuck you. Yeah, like that fuck was you. That's the thing. Stupid mouth. That was my first reaction too. Was just like, oh, we were doing this, but then she rea- Yeah, she like made a face. He was like, oh, oh boy, I put my foot in it. It's like that was fucking funny. I also actually did like the scene because we never really see. Because obviously, then there wouldn't be a show, but you never see them just with. What's what they do when they're not in the middle of a fucking crisis? Oh, when they're like chilling, sharing stories. Yeah, and they're all sitting around talking about their ancestors. EMH walks in, is like, oh, we're we're chit chatting. Can I chit chat too? And they all go like, oh no. (laughs) But like that scene as a scene was kind of great. It's like you never get that because there's always a crisis. Yeah, which again, that's how you have a TV show. But like that was kind of nice, even if it was a little weird to me. I will say at the end where it's just like. Earlier in the episode, Jane was like, oh yeah, the records from that era are really spotty. And then Tom is like, I know everything about every Mars mission ever. Yeah, that It's like, do much. the Parises have like a secret archive they haven't given anyone? But they've all memorized. Actually, knowing his father, maybe. But yeah, like th- those little like cozy scenes on the ship, like, that's really nice. I almost wish they could have found a way to make an episode just based around... Just a day on the ship when, like, shit hasn't been exploding so for like a, a while. So, like, a Data's day, but on the Voyager. Yeah, Neelix's day. Neelix's yeah, just, just day. a day of, like, let's just kind of hang. Yeah. That was really nice. We I don't did. get enough of that. I did like a lot of the, the stuff on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody talking about their ancestors. I wanted, I wanted like, Bolana to have a moment, but her, yeah. her hers was just like, I'm just glad I don't have to be in engineering for so I can hang around and listen to stories. <laughs> well, plus, I just feel like her, her she, I feel like she's a woman who, her relationship with her entire line oh, yeah. on both sides is yeah. so fraught. Yeah, like, true. people would try to tell her stories, but like, I don't fucking care. I hate you all. I kind of thought that Janeway was behaving like a little baby about finding out about Shannon O'Donnell. That Shannon was a fraud. I mean... So that was actually the idea, the basic concept I kind of like of like you've got this family history that you base so much of your identity around, and then you find out, like so many family histories, is so much bullshit. Like, like history this... in general. Like well, yes. you said, like all the biased histories that they've read. The Vulcans actually thought we were fucking Luddites. The well, Bolians think we stink. <laughs> well. But, like, the idea of, like, finding out your family history isn't what you thought it was, and it kind of being a bummer, as an idea, not bad. It's just, again, all the flashbacks with Henry. Hmm. I guess, like, I also just maybe, like, maybe just no one in my family has done anything worth, like, idolizing, but, like... (laughs) No, 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 No McFly has ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. That's it. Like, I, I didn't grow up like, oh, and your great, great somebody did something amazing. There's the, the, none of that in my family line. Well, that's because, like, most families are normal. Well, also just, like, if you think about how many ancestors you would have had, mm-hmm. like, for, okay, so it's like, what, 300 years later? 
more? Yeah, this is like, I think yeah. 15 generations past, I don't think yeah. they say. So, at 15 generations, you have, what, 2 to, two to the 15th power? Uh, sure. D- d- ancestors? It could be overlap. Sure. Either way, you have thousands and thousands of 15th great-grandparents. Yeah. So the fact that, like, this is the, the start of, maybe because it's the start of the Janeway line... So it's her paternal line, I guess, means that... It's easier to track. Yeah. Because I wouldn't know any of my Yeah, exactly. But, like, that's a thing. You don't have to go, like... Families get complicated the farther back you go because there's so many fucking branches. So the fact that this family story has survived for 15 generations is kind of silly. And, like, the other thing... Or one of the recent ones was just really into Ancestry.com. Maybe, but here's the other thing, too, right? If Janeway exists... She does. Catherine Janeway. If she exists, then that means that that line of descendants, starting with Shannon O'Donnell, had to have continued for 300-some-odd years. Yep. So that must mean that there must also... I mean, more than likely, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people descended from... from, It's the same thing with, like, the Charlemagne... You ever hear about that? Yeah. How, how like, yeah. Because, because there is known, because there are known descendants of Charlemagne that exist, then statistically almost everybody has to be a descendant of Charlemagne. Everybody, yeah. everybody of European ancestry. Really? Yeah. Be, it's just because of the way, like, because there weren't enough people in the world. Yeah, for, I didn't see you at the family reunion. Nah. <laughs> Although apparently, <laughs> at least my, my invitation must have got lost in the mail, Ames. I did read once. Some of those lines are questionable because some people would claim descendants. Oh, yeah, but from... there are. I think there are a lot some. Of there are ones, some yeah. verified ones that like have have like heraldry and stuff. But anyway, the point. My point being that like there's got to be a lot of Janeways or people descended from from her. Yeah. So if Janeway knows about this, then presumably there are other people that know about it and have done the research. Well, uh, the Ferengi. That's and the, the thing. Ferengi that's that's the, the one interesting thing is apparently this bullshit that's made the it. The one interesting thing? No, no. Well, the bullshit made it into the history books because the Ferengi knew about her because they were putting together a compilation about humanity's space exploration throughout the centuries, and so as far as they knew, that confirmed the story. So somehow, at some point, the Janeways managed to get their family history lie. Accepted as truth. And the only man that can solve it is Neilix. Tom Paris. And Tom Paris. <laughs> no, none of the Parises ever looked into this. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. So, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, like, Shannon O'Donnell is, like, a household name. It's possible. You know? But it's just bullshit. Yeah. But either way, Henry Janeway. Oh, God. What a, what a catch. Just, I, just, I, I, just, I wish they had gotten a different actor. I wish they'd gone a different direction with, with the character. Made him... made him if, if Even if the actors aren't that different in age, they sh- like he looks like her father. Dye his hair. If they, had ha- if they had had this actor play her father in Ghost Dad <laughs> episode, I would have bought it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also, because it's all flashback anyway, there was no reason... To need the story to take place over a couple of days. Explain. Well, like, because we we talk about, you know, sometimes they clearly wanted to do sort of a longer story, but because of the nature of TV, like, Voyager can't stay at this planet for three months or something. 
Like, the fact that the story all takes place in this really short amount of time, the flashback story, could have taken place over months and just been like, we could have seen their relationship. Oh, so over... you would have preferred longer is what you're saying? Yes, oh, yes, okay. sorry, sorry. I was thinking Chris the opposite wants... and got confused. No, Chris God, wants no. an entire season I'd rather this. boil my head. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, they could have, it's just, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, we've seen a lot of boring, pointless men thrown at women in Star Trek, and for some reason, because the story needs them to, the women find them alluring. But this is one of the worst I've ever seen. Well, I mean, at least yeah. in this case, it seems like Jane or uh, O'Donnell, Shannon, is the the smarter one. Yeah. Like, they're not trying to make it like... I don't think they're trying to glorify Henry. No, like, in some ways, it's funny, I was thinking about this. This is almost like a preemptive response to a lot of those terrible Hallmark Christmas movies hmm. where, like, a successful woman from the city, it's always just generic city, usually Vancouver, but they don't say that, goes to a shitty old small town. Usually, the difference is the only one she's from originally and grew up in, but either way, goes to a terrible little hometown and, like, gives up her very, her successful career and all this to be with some jackass from her hometown who spends the whole time with the rest of the town negging her for wanting to have a career and a life and be in the city instead of little heartland America. Like, yeah, she still stays in Shitburg, but with the condition of like, <laughs> I need a life. I'm going to help build this city thing. You know, we're going to have some... So that I appreciate that it's like inverting that well, because, terrible it's because formula. She's, it's because she's a fucking ice queen who's only who's obsessed with her success in corporate America. <laughs> and it's this, it's this down-to-earth... You know, guy that wears a, a flannel shirt and yeah, shoots dirts yeah. at He's the uh, at the bar. Dirts. Gingerbread cookie salesman. Um, who teaches her? Pretty sure there's oh, a whole oatmeal, movie oatmeal like that. cookies. And like the title of this I is like, like I do too, but I like them with chocolate chips. Uh, home raisins for Christmas every day. Or, uh, I like them with raisins also. Okay. Uh, whatever. But anyway, that's uh, that's the more of those. Are, this is kind of flipping that on its head because yeah. she is the down and out failure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, right? Because she flunked out of astronaut training. Oh, yeah, but that's hard. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, she, but but she is... This fucking In her mind. In couldn't her mind, even get through failure. astronaut school. She, 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 <laughs> but you're right. It's, it's, more, it's her uh, perception of herself. It's her perception of herself. She's driving a shitbox car. She can't drive. Crashing into people. Constantly oh, eating yeah. cookies while driving. I forgot to mention that. No, I did mention that. You I did. mentioned the, the rear ending. Good. And then she meets this guy who's also a, a massive failure. But you know they can. No, fail. he's doing a great job of not leaving his house. But he. But 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 then. But then in the end, she she kind of fails up. She kind of mm. escapes the the failure. She find, She also finds the other answer to the problem. Like originally it was either convince Henry to leave. Or you have to leave. And she kind of found the other way around it where now they're a couple or something. Yeah. I'm also a little weirded out that kind of the message of this episode in part two was corporate land development is the hero? Yeah. <laughs> That's a little weird. Sorry. Like, I know that it's... Like, you could read it as it's a scientific thing and they're going to help pay for it by having a mall or whatever in there. Good luck, malls are about to die. But yeah, like, I was thinking that too. It's still like, there's not enough emphasis on the fact, it, so it just does kind of... Here's the thing, though, no, no. There's too much emphasis on the fact. And I originally had some, like, I, I saw the glimmers of hope in this episode because there were a couple interesting things they were doing. Because A, this comes out in 1999. They know the millennium is approaching. They yeah. have this millennium gate idea. Neat. And they... One thing that comes up multiple times, and the first couple times it was like, ooh, good touch, and then they hammered it home 15 more times, is the fight between 
the past and the future. Yeah. And Henry wants to stay in the past where he thinks he's a Roman soldier or something. And Shannon keeps advocating for things things are progressing and you have to embrace it. If you don't embrace it, you're going to get fucking stamped on. Yeah. And the first couple times, like, I get it. They're doing this because it's the millennium is coming. They want to be shining future, you know, accept the internet. Put a computer in your home. Look how new and fancy they are. Have you heard of email? Emails can go hundreds of miles. Somehow play a computer game without a mouse. Mm. This game is great. I computer games without a mouse. Well, the implication of what he was saying was that it was a shooter, though, and a shooter without a mouse on a laptop is, like, impossible. I, I didn't see the game. I missed it. They have game. eye tracking. Uh, anyway, go on, sorry. Well, yeah, it was I a thought, great future. Like, and that's kind of, like, the interesting thing of this story, because they did it to be timely, which yeah. I understand. Yeah. And the hilarious thing, guess who... They didn't, didn't pitch this episode because they ended up changing it, like, radically, mm. but the idea came from oh, yeah. a good friend of ours... John DeLancey. Yep. What? Um, right. Because Why? Originally, he wanted it to be an episode in which Q gets effectively like saved by somebody in whatever turmoil he was in, and he, whatever this Janeway character would have been, would have been like his savior of whatever it was. But then they said, no, well, we like this idea of in the past, something happened. We're going to meld it with our millennium idea. There was a moment where they said, maybe maybe Shannon will meet Q or Guinan. Kind of glad they didn't. Ooh. And eventually Delancey would write his idea into his book, IQ, which I should read. Probably better than this. Um, Couldn't be worse. I think... Here's, here's, it's not that bad. Here's my biggest problem with this episode, though. Uh, despite other things that everyone has said. Because of the... So Drew Carey's brother, yeah. who's the, the land developer, they, I, he's a fine actor, mm-hmm. and I don't want to shit on his acting, but he's, a, he's the type of actor I think that you get for a smarmy corporate douche. Sure. Mm-hmm. He just looks evil. He looks evil. Yes. And I don't want him to win. I don't want Janeway to win also, but I don't want him to win. Yeah. Because here's the other thing too, right? There's there's an unspoken premise here. Like you, th- this is like fucking propaganda. This episode tre- feels like pro-corporate propaganda because they make Janeway an old fogey who doesn't want to sell his stupid store that nobody shops in. But here's the thing. This is fucking gentrification. This yeah. is like bulldozing a poor neighborhood. Imagine yeah. if they had made the Janeway character black. Oh, yeah. That would have been interesting. Oh, wow. And then you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. This fucking scumbag wants to shut down and bulldoze a black inner city neighborhood. Yeah. You know, like, fuck fuck Drew Carey's brother. Janeway, Janeway, uh, I mean, O'Donnell would have been the fucking hero to stand up to Shitbird and say, no, you're not going to bulldoze this neighborhood. Take your fucking mall and go shove it up, shove that fucking giant tower up your fucking fat corporate ass and get the fuck out of this town. He'd yeah. die. He would die. Well, yeah. Um, the, the, the other thing, too, is like, it's like, it's so strange. Because, like, when you think about, like, the Midwest, oh, then and now, a lot of these small towns are dying as it is. And it's almost, like, weird. You're like, in a strange way, it's like, ah, uh, amazing they're actually giving these people more than their property's worth. If they wait, like, two years, the town will just shudder on its own. Yeah. So well, it's uh, like... Speaking of waiting a couple of years, here's another thing, right? So they're building this massive fucking mall, mm-hmm. right? They're displacing all of these impoverished people. Yep. 
What's gonna be going on in like twenty or so years? Uh, yeah, malls are dying. No, 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 not just malls are dying. Oh, are you talking about I'm talking about fucking sanctuary districts, people? Oh, oh yeah. that's coming down the road. True. So, so here now you have fucking corporate utopia mm-hmm. bullshit. You know, the only job that Henry Janeway is going to get in that place is sweeping the floors, let's be well, real. Well, here's the thing. Henry Janeway is in prison for storming the Capitol on January 6th. Oh. Yikes. Because yeah. that was one thing. I, I don't know that he was necessarily xenophobic when we met him, but I'm sitting there and I'm just like, by 2016, this man is so into Trump. I think yeah. he's dead. Hopefully. But, but we're getting, yeah, because he's already like 80, so, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I think we're getting... There's a there's a weird play and maybe you know it's it's my 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 leftism speaking but I feel like the the scumbag developer who's building this friggin' monstrosity on top of a poor city yeah it's when just... we know in the not I mean twenty years is a good time but like in the not awfully distant future we're gonna end up in a situation where we have sanctuary districts yeah it's it's there's no good guy in this because no. again I hate Henry. I hate Drew Carey's brother. I don't like O'Donnell for convincing Henry to sell, either. And, like, I feel so bad for Jason, because you know he was getting the shit kicked out of him, like, every day for his father being the last holdout. Oh, well, he sure. even said that. He's like, it's great for you. You don't have to go to school with these people's kids. Yeah. Well, but he didn't get into details. It was like, oh, they, they, they wail on him. Don't yeah. you feel like he would have gone bankrupt and had to have sold anyway yes, eventually, though? absolutely. Like, doesn't it make more sense that he at least got more money than it was worth? It's kind of wild, because we, we enter the city, and Jay, and um, Shannon basically says, well, it looks like a, it's already a ghost town. You're one of the few places that's still open. And I'm wondering, like, why did everyone else already shutter their businesses when this deal isn't complete Well, that's yet? what I mean. Like, how many of those shuttered businesses had already shuttered? That's not clear, you know? Like, I, I assumed it was all only because they had sold to the Millennium Gate. No, it's not stated otherwise. Right, exactly. But then because they mentioned there's this deal in place, it does feel like, why would you already close? It, yeah, it's strange. It's, I don't know. There's a lot wrong with this. I also think, I mean, I, I'm you know, I'm shitting on this episode. I don't think it's awful, awful episode. I just don't like any. Of the, I, I, we've talked about the complaints, but um, yeah, they needed a more compelling central character than Henry James. Yeah, I think it was cast all wrong. I think yep. Henry Henry James was too old. I think corporate guy was too douchey looking. I don't think it should have been Kate Mulgrew because I think she did a good it's job. It's the Marty McFly syndrome all over again. Enterprise is going to pull this bullshit too. And, oh, of and, course and, it will. Yeah, Enterprise is going to pull the same bullshit and I feel like I, I didn't want to bring it up because we haven't talked about it but that episode you know that meme it's like hey let me copy your homework okay but don't look like you're don't make it look like you're copying it is a fuck is the that Enterprise episode is this episode. It's the same fucking thing. It even takes place in a town called something Creek. Does it? That's funny. Oh yeah. god Carbon Creek. Yeah. Oh that episode. Oh, it's boy. the same thing. Oh it, it's god. It's the exact same thing. It's let's sit down and talk about stories My about ancestor. our ancestors. You know. Yeah. I did like Shannon with Jason. I thought they had a very nice little yeah. I could be your stepmom kind of rapport. Yeah. Definitely. That was very cute. I thought they did a, I thought Mulgrew especially did a nice job being a different character than yeah. just Janeway. Yeah. But different oh god you're talking about the cookies earlier that was the one thing mm, i thought where he would she was he was like oh, yeah, i am allergic to chocolate which that he can't help that i'm not gonna hold against him can't help what you're allergic to uh and she goes oh you don't know what you're missing it's like he's missing anaphylactic shock shannon well not necessarily <laughs> i know i know i mean I, i'm sure there's alternatives here's the thing here's the thing let's say he was severely allergic to chocolate mm-hmm. like actually like anaphylactic shock levels that's really why he's not alive 
in 2090 or whatever the hell it was, 2050, is one day he accidentally ate some chocolate and was lying there. And they're like, use your EpiPen. And he's like, no, they didn't have it in Roman times. <laughs> also, since Jason was too young to remember his mother, I maintain she didn't die. She ran off and Henry lied to him. Um, here's the thing. If you weren't already convinced that Henry Janeway's a fucking sociopath, <laughs> the fact that his favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin. My oof. favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin. I know. That was, oh, that, was that's a, the that was a specific dig. Oh, thank you, Jake. Anyway, getting back to this, the one other credit I will give this episode because it's there are such gleans of ideas in here. Yeah, there are. And I think their their original idea of not having any any shots on the ship and just mm. doing a sci-fi show without the sci-fi, it's an interesting premise. And it's 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 I see that they were trying something new and there are ways that they could have succeeded with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this, there's germs there that could have blossomed into a beautiful disease. That. If they had done this more, yeah, if they had done this more like a um, Far Beyond the Stars sort of thing. Mm. Okay, maybe yeah. Maybe more interesting. That's a good episode. Yeah, that's an episode that doesn't shit on fucking poor people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that shits on... What was Odo's character's name? The fucking corporate people are the bad guys yeah. in that one. Yeah. As yeah. they should be. Yeah. Always. Yep. <laughs> this was like this was like this was like the fucking suits at Paramount were like, yeah. okay, everyone liked that epi- uh, everyone liked Far Beyond the Stars, but you know what? It kind of painted us corporate suits in a bad light. So let's let's do another one that's kind of like it, but but make it so that they win. <laughs> it's funny though cuz you talk about, you know, Drew Carey's brother looking like a smarmy corporate guy. What's funny though is I mostly know him from the Drew Carey show, where yeah, where he's mostly in drag. Yep. And Fargo, where oh yeah, yeah, he literally like paints stamp art. Oh, the ducks. Yeah, yeah. that's cute. Fargo is excellent. Yeah. I don't remember him from Fargo. Yeah, he's uh, Gunderson's husband. Yeah, he's the the main cat, yeah. the cop. I don't remember. I've only seen it once. It's a good movie. I was it's... gonna say it was a long time ago, but it wasn't. It was in the last four months. I enjoyed the line when, you know, Janeway and um, Shannon are having having dinner in Paris. And, and J- Shannon says, I wouldn't mind visiting Paris one day. You know, maybe I'll get him out of a penal colony. Penile <laughs> <laughs> uh, colony. Um, no. So they talk a lot about the Mars program, mm-hmm. which, as we know, the Mars program was the subject of Picard season two. It's true. Mm. But that took place in 2020, 2018, 2019. I mean, that was contemporary, I think, to when it was released. More or less, I think. So. Might have been 2024. The Millennium Gate. I want to say it was, yeah, around then. Because I think we were yelling, where are the, the sanctuary, sanctuary districts? Yeah. <laughs> so the Millennium. Yeah. So again, I guess yeah, that's another thing. So Millennium Gate should have technically existed in Picard Season 2 at that time. But it, but Picard Season 2 pretty much looks like present day America. So where's the fucking Millennium Gate? Oh, it's fucking rotting in Carbon Creek or whatever. Because it, it failed miserably. Yeah, the mall a, shut it's down. A, it's a dead mall. COVID it's just, fucked everything. It's, yeah. It's just, yeah, the Millennium Gate. I think that would have been a better moral to the story. Yeah. No, no, the Millennium Gate at the time, like maybe it's a cool landmark on Earth now to go visit, but at the time it was a fucking boondoggle. <laughs> they couldn't lease the spaces. You know, none of the life sciences stuff ever took off. Overrun with coyotes. They, the whole ground floor was a Sears, so that didn't <laughs> <go> so well. <laughs> uh, 
It's now an an Amazon distribution center. Nah. Oh god. Oh, and they've made the other 599 retail spaces into 7,000 small hutches where they can put away their Amazon workers at night for their requisite four-hour sleep before throwing them back onto the warehouse floor. Mm. And every September it becomes a spirit <coughs> Halloween. Yay. We should all be so lucky. One more one more note. Uh, I like that Henry, uh, Harry's great uncle oh, such yeah. and such was doing a stasis tour of somewhere where they couldn't actually go saw that that was wrong just turned around and went home yeah we were talking about stasis ships a few weeks ago because of jankum we were yeah yeah and no one in the kim family has made it past ensign since yeah. <laughs> curse the curse of the kims mm. speaking of paris <laughs> interesting segue where are we going with this paris weren't you listening we'll always have it We'll always have it. Okay. In relativity. Oh, man. <laughs> um, okay. So there are these time cops and they keep drafting Seven of Nine to stop the USS Voyager from being destroyed by a um, time bomb. It's like a time, yeah, oh, wait, time bomb. Time bomb's like, a thing. Well, it... Um, <laughs> it's a literal time yes, bomb. Yes, there we go. But it's like an anomaly bomb. Yeah. An abomaly <laughs> It's an abomination. <laughs> it is that. And basically what's happened is is that someone someone set us up the bomb and uh, it's going to blow up the ship and we open on what we find out is, what was it, try number two of getting 709 to go back in time to stop the bomb from being placed on the Voyager. But she fails and the ship explodes and everybody dies. Rocks fall. She's working with Captain Braxton and apparently... Uh, Lieutenant Duquesne. Luke, Lieutenant Duquesne. My boyfriend. And they're aboard the ship Relativity. Isn't that cute? It's a Starfleet time ship called Relativity. And uh, they're like, well, I guess we're going to have to grab Seven of Nine one more time and try again. But if we do it a more than this many times and try to send her back in time a fourth time, we could disrupt all of her shit. And they were like, we don't really care. Send her back. <laughs> And we find out that our buddy, Captain Braxton, has been, who's, who is sort of in charge of the mission, sending back Seven. He sort of forbids her from working with Janeway directly to solve this problem because he's like, I've had to clean up that bitch's messes so many times. Once I was in jail, or not in jail, once I was uh, marooned on, what was it, like 20th century Earth or 21st century Earth for like decades, he said? Which, he didn't look that old this to is, me. This, that's that's past, uh, future's, future's end. end. Yeah, when they went back to Los Angeles the in the same, 90s. It's the same character. Different actor. Different actor. Oh. So we, we have seen him before. Oh, okay, and he was marooned on Earth for years yeah, and years Yeah, he crashed there in the 60s. For decades. And then Ed Begley Jr. stole his ship. Yeah, I remember he flipped out, called the cops like Cardassian agents or something. Oh yeah, didn't we watch this recently? No. Mm. We watched it quite well, years like, ago. Like last year? We had yeah. just time in the last year. Right. No, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's the connection. It's the same character. Oh, cool. Well, anyway, he doesn't seem to like Janeway very much. How much does he not like him? Well, it turns out that the time cop who is sending uh, Captain Braxton, who is sending J uh, Seven of Nine back to stop the bomb, is also the person, a future person, who sets up the bomb to begin with. And then we have to chase him through time. We get Janeway in on it. She, we're chasing... 
chasing him back and back and back. Seven of Nine's like, keep sending me back in time. I have to get him. And they're like, but it'll fuck up your whatevers. And she's like, I don't care. Temporal psychosis. Ah! And um, eventually the Seven of Nine that we send back in time gets shot and talks to present Seven of Nine who has to help catch him for real. I don't know. It, it, time and I've gone cross-eyed. Basically, time travel, bomb, that's it. Great, great description. This Thank episode you. only makes sense if you don't think too hard about it. It, it does. It's it's such an... In- I'm sorry Caitlin seems confused because this is one of my favorite episodes, so fuck Caitlin me, kind of always seems con- confused. Hey, this one's only... So here's the thing. I thought... Captain Braxton that spent 30 years on Earth was wiped out of existence by the fact that they... Because Braxton comes back at the end and they're like, oh, you're fine. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm okay with it because this is more interesting than that. I mean, that's fair, but... He's a time cop. He should have memories of it. Yeah, and they talk about integrating, so it seems like maybe they can put versions together. The ethics of everything time... Starfleet does bothers the shit out of me. Mm. Like that they can arrest you for crimes you haven't yet committed? Yes! What's that, Minority Report? Yes, that's, I, that's what yes. I said. But also, like... We should do Minority Report, too. Someday. Who's to oh. say what the correct timeline is? Is it actually the correct timeline or the timeline that makes them happy like a certain Krenim? I was gonna say, yeah, they need they need, <laughs> a, they need a Red Foreman's little diagram with all the, well, the, the lines. Or like in Loki. Or that, yes, I was thinking that too, but I don't know what that is. Well, I think what the time cops are mostly going for is a an existence in which no no other times affect each other. Like it should be free of paradoxes, or at least the paradoxes that cancel each other out. I mean, mm. I think I think the, the the good the best definition would be causality only flows in one direction. Like you can't have something in the future affecting something from the past, and that yeah. that would be my definition of. A clean timeline. Yeah, that's that's what they're trying for. Maybe and none of this Bill and like, thing. Smoking like a true time cop, Jake. That's right. Well, here's the other thing. So, like, there's, there's a few like hand wavy things in this episode that that bother me a little bit. Like, like, oh yeah, yeah, they'll be. Don't worry, they'll be reintegrated before the trial. What does that mean? I've seen arguments that it's whatever the Enterprise in the original series episode. I thought of that with oh, the pilot. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is yesterday? Sure. I'm going to say tomorrow is yesterday. I think so. Uh, whatever they did to Major Christopher, in which they they beamed him back inside himself. Yeah. Is, I think, the line Spock says, or something but insane. But didn't he have also no memory then? Yeah, that's the, ship, the thing. Which was weird. Yeah, maybe they found a way to make it work. But again, like, how can you hold... Spock isn't a time cop. He doesn't have this technology yeah, well, in the also... 29th fucking century. Yeah. But also, like, how can you hold current Captain Braxton responsible for the actions of future Captain Braxton. That seems Easily. unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy this episode, but yeah, I think that the, yeah, you're right about not... There's some major ethical issues. Like, there's ethical issues, and there's just like... I hope the temporal Cold War keeps these people from ever existing. Yeah, no, I mean, these guys... No, what it is is these guys are the CIA. Mm. If the temporal Cold War... Was like the real Cold War. Yeah, these guys are the CIA, and they're orchestrating coups throughout the timeline. Oh, probably they suck. I have to say, do you? I think my favorite thing about this episode, 
Jerry Ryan in the uniform. Jerry Ryan in the fucking, fucking uniform. Yes. She looks, looks so, so good. good. She looks so good. Her proportions look human. Yeah. You know, she doesn't she doesn't look like top heavy as she much. She can bend over. She can bend over. She looks fuck it's it's just like when Deanna put on the uniform. Instantly. Instantly improves the character just by yeah. the just by the costumes. Yeah, she looks like a credible person, not someone who's literally there to be eye candy. Yeah, because the thing is, as I think we'll all agree, Seven of Nine, great character. Yeah. Great character. The costume detracts. Oh, yeah. And yep. it's unfortunate. And it works. It, it takes that away and, and brings it to the next level. And I think I think they should have... I think they should have stuck with it. I think, it should, they, on, I think yeah. they should have done what they did with Deanna, which yeah. was after Chain of Command... They're like, nope, nope, she just wears a uniform now. Yeah. I actually wonder if, I, I could look back, but I don't want to at the moment, <laughs> is how much did they start treating the character Deanna differently in the writing when she was treated like a member of the crew and mm-hmm. not like this special counselor thing who gets to wander around in her pajamas when she wants to. <laughs> I mean, they, didn't, they didn't change it all that much because I still don't think she had any great stories. She had the one where she tried to become a commander. That was not bad. Yeah. Or at least that thread. Oh, yeah, in thine own self. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's fun, but again, like so much time travel stuff, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, I think what they do is they do a good job of not making you think about it too hard because the pacing and the way that they kind of explain as they're going keeps you moving forward, mm. even though time is jumping around. Yeah. So I think. The followability of this episode in real time makes it very compelling. It's when you start thinking about, wait a minute, in the very first scene, when we have Seven back in Voyager in Dry Dock, Mm -hmm. which we'll get back to Dry Dock. I'm sure it was porn for Chris. I love Dry Dock. Um, (laughs) And she finds the device then. Should have called it Wet Dock. Yeah, yeah, how does it exist there when he doesn't put it on the ship until... Like, it somehow exists throughout time? I don't understand that. But it's a time weapon, so okay. Yeah, you kind of left to like, I accept it because we need it to move forward because the rest of everything going on is keeping us focused. We just wanted an excuse to put Mulgrew in that wig. Which, is it just me, or was that bigger than her hair actually was in the first season? It felt huge. It got, I think it got bigger as the episodes went along. Because, like, she almost looked like fucking Yubaba. Mm. I, I like the... Spirited uh, Away. Spirited Away, sure. the, the, the witch. Yeah, I did really like a lot of the scenes that were told in the in that period, because we've mm. never seen that before. The dry dock period? Yeah. Mm. You know, and, like... Hearing like when Jamie's like saying, "Oh, you know, I was thinking we need a pilot that that mm. knows these people." I was thinking about this Paris guy. And oh, yeah, yeah. And where's Tuvok was... right now? We know, yeah, we know so, where Tuvok is. So it's like a a, a really interesting previously on because a lot mm. of times when you do these time travel episodes, it goes back to a period of time that we've already seen. Yeah, and we're just seeing it from a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, like the episode with Kess. Yeah. Oh, uh, and they even got what's his name back for five minutes. Oh, Carrie. Carrie, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I mean he's still around. I just don't think he's been in a lot of. We episodes. will see him again. I know. I know we see him again. Um, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen him, so I wasn't sure if like they. Still well, it's because they needed an engineer character, and they're like, "Oh, uh, it can't be Balana." I was hoping we'd see Staddy because I remember liking her in the two scenes she was in. in God, Care-taker. I care giver. I think they could have. They could have brought back Vorik. Because um, he should be there. Anyway. He should, yeah. Um, Suter. No, Suter's a Maquis. Oh, yeah, he's a Maquis. He's Maquis. Right. Damn it. But yeah. No, he was Maquis, too. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Most of the engineers are Maquis. 
I so guess they're, they're, this is their great inclusion ship. Yes, exactly. Those ships are falling apart. They need to. Yeah. Well, plus, I'm about to say, I guess if anywhere really had some big explosions, it was engineering. Mm. <laughs> a lot of engineering staff lost. But yeah, no, I, I do like a lot of the, about this episode. You know, I think Jerry Ryan does a great job with her scenes, which is oh, all of them. I read it was very cute that someone had only like a couple weeks before like asked her in like an AOL one of those AOL chats that they did all the time back then the A- the Reddit AMA of the nineties pretty much yeah. like oh will we ever see Seven in a in a Starfleet uniform and Jerry Ryan's like fuck no she's not Starfleet and then she gets the script for this episode and has to get called in to do a, a costume fitting for a Starfleet uniform and she's like well. Neat, but good because she, she looks so she good. She could, she could totally claim like I just wasn't allowed to say. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing: it doesn't matter if you're Starfleet or not. Like, Chakotay is in Starfleet. Belana is in Starfleet. They're wearing uniforms. Yeah, they're not wearing like in. Um, she didn't like induct them all at some point, like in a ceremony of some kind, yeah. like. Like at the Nothing end of like care a, fi- a field commission? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, then she could do the same for seven and nine. Why not? Yeah, I feel like seven would... like That's the question. Would seven accept it? And I mm. think probably. Why not? She, seven will do whatever Janeway wants her to do if we've learned anything at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that a, that's another very cute thing about this episode is seven saying, so you want me to go back in time and stay away from Janeway when Janeway's probably actually a really good asset to have because she's so resourceful and Braxton's oh absolutely fucking not no, fucking no and I just watched Duquesne in the background and Chris can tell us who Duquesne is I'll uh, be like what if we do it though <laughs> I love the scene where he like she can't hear him he's like no god damn it because <laughs> 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 she's giving everything away Duquesne so I, I meant to look him up earlier and completely forgot fucking Agent Wells in season two of Picard Agent Wells who's that he was the he was the INS or ICE agent. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, no. No, he, not, um, he was, not ICE. He, he, he was, yeah, you're right. The ICE agent was the other jackass. No, he was the... Uh, oh, was he the guy in the, the, ill-fitting the questioning suit. room? Ill-fitted suit. Yeah, he did I, have an ill-fitted suit. Yeah, no, he was the guy that... Good. Yes. yes. Oh, neat. I'll have to go back. Well, Which, I don't want to go back and rewatch Picard, but... Well, we will be in a few years. <laughs> Which, uh, anyway, getting back to Duquesne. Yes. I don't know why, but I ship Seven and Duquesne real hard. He? I don't know why. It's the very first time I watched this episode, and I think it's when when she dies on the transporter pad, and he actually seems to have a sad about it. Like, I told you this would happen. Now we have to get another Seven. I have to tell her again uh, of all the things and, and do the cute little, you, you ask me that every time. And yeah, there's something about their chemistry that... It reminds me a little of, um, there's a show Jake and I watched, and it apparently got canceled before it could continue. Cause of course. Everything of course does these did. days. Uh, the Time Traveler's Wife, which is an interesting mm. premise. Oh, is it the one based on the book? Yeah, yes. it's based yeah. on the book. I love that book. I should read the book, because yeah, the, the, the show, show was, cuts off. The show cuts I don't off know if you'll meh. love the book, because it's definitely rom com with like a, not so rom <laughs> Rami. It's rom-creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ron Creepy is actually more like it because he's like, I met you when you were a child, and it's like, like I'm trying creepy. real hard not to groom you, but I happen to know you're going to be my wife. Rom Creepy kind of describes a lot of rom coms. Yes. yes. Anyway, time, tra- tra- what, the baby. time traveler's wife. 
Yes, in which it's, it's someone who goes back in time just haphazardly yeah. and happens to meet his wife when she is a child. And the way that it's structured is, you know, it's in no particular chronological order, which is very interesting as a device. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of kind of this episode where Duquesne and Seven are kind of interacting out of order with each other and Seven keeps having to come back in and be like, who are you? Who the fuck are you? He's like, ah, oh, that's right. You don't remember. I keep thinking you're going to remember. I don't know. I find them very cute. Yeah, well, I, um, I definitely got sort of a... a at least from him, kind of a flirty vibe. Yeah, a respecting flirty. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's very respecting of her like sleuthing skills yeah. and all the stuff that she does. It's definitely not mystery like mystery thing. Yeah, it's not weird like gross flirting that we so often get. Like he says, you know what? You'd look better in a Starfleet uniform. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Like, would I if I were to do a a, a, a rewrite pass on this episode? Doesn't need it. What I would have, no, I think it does. Fuck you. If I were, if, they, if, if I was a doctor of this script, here's You're how, no Duquesne. Here's how I would have changed it. More Duquesne. I would have removed any reference to the reintegration of fuck Braxton's. Of Braxton's. I would have just, when like Jamie's like, well, what do you do with all the other Braxton's or wh however that came up? They're Airlock just, they're just, they're just like, oh, we have systems for dealing with that. Just, you know, whatever. Oh God, that's even more creepy. Well, no, it's just, you know, they'll top be. Top men. They'll be trying, yeah, top men, basically. We don't need to know reintegration stupid then when it's like when it's at the very end it's like okay what do we do now well how do we get how do we get seven back and, and then they've already set it up in the episode they say well unfortunately this seven of nine can't time travel anymore because she's already she's yeah, exceeded she's the limit. max limit so if she goes back she's gonna lose her mind so unfortunately this seven of nine is gonna have to stay here and be a time cop with us. Yeah, I watched that series. I'd actually been half expecting him to say like that. Seven had to stay with them. Yeah, and then you have, and then that's fine because we still have the seven on the ship. You have this seven. And we can that, have her guest in future episodes. And that, and that leaves open the possibility of a future episode where Time Cop Seven shows up, and and everybody on the crew's like, "What?" And Janeway's like, "Oh, I know about you." I think that that would have been a better ending marginally better because it just leaves open the possibility of bringing that character back mm. okay i'd like that. and it makes sense and then you can also in your mind you can still ship them in uh, together if you yeah. want that's that's up i'll leave that up to you yeah um little, some little 7.9.5s but speaking of seven's <laughs> romance i i like i love the detail that tom was supposed to do the ping pong tournament with Chapman. Mm. Oh, yeah. But Chapman had, what was the reason? I didn't hear it. Ba basically, he had the space sickness that everyone else was getting. That was the first seating of the space. But he had a broken pelvis from banging well, seven. No, what I was going to say is the reason why he couldn't do the ping pong tournament was because he heard it. Like, yeah, he told everyone he had space sickness, but really he was nursing a, uh, a Fuck busted up. shoulder. I forgot that was Chapman. Yes. That is exactly why he couldn't do it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Because it makes perfect. It's a ping pong tournament. You need a functional arm to play ping pong, and his arm's fucked up because <laughs> Seven tried to rip it out of its socket. That, no. that had to be an effect with McNeil, right? When he was just walking down the hall, hitting the thing. I don't. Maybe know. he's really good at. I, that's, I, I it tried. Looks real to me. I tried to look into it, but I couldn't find it. Like I tried googling Voyager, Duncan McNeil ping pong, but all I just got was this episode, right? And nothing even in Memory Alpha mentioned whether or not he it's really not did that. that. Hard. Well, when you're walking, I feel like it might be. Like, I know, here's the thing, it's probably not that hard, but walking and delivering lines and having to catch, like, if he really did it. With a cameraman in front of you. If he really did it, that must have been, like, the 80th yeah, take. Yeah, how many takes? 
Because that was one thing. I was like, this has got to be fake. But then the way he catches it at the end, and it's clearly a real ball in his hand, I'm just like, they either did that transition really fucking well, or he just really did that. And I I wish I knew. I bet you he talks about it on the Delta Flyers, but I haven't listened to this episode yet. For all we know, he's a ping pong champ. Yeah, no, I mean, he may have. I just I I wish that's why they raided the ping pong scenes. Because it's like, oh, Robbie already knows how to play ping pong like a pro. But if it was an effect, it was really well done. Uh, Speaking of Bob's... I really enjoyed the uh, the sick oh. bay, the sick bay scene. Oh, early days EMH. Yeah, that was yeah. very cute. Who's just like, are you done? Turn me off, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I love how it's such a different character because he's still in his grouchy phase, yeah. and not in his. I'm gonna sing and take photos and be friends with everyone yeah. phase. <laughs> yeah, nice little. That that was probably the most fun part of the flashback. It was like, oh yeah, he used to be a pain in the ass. Big time. Now he's a different kind of pain in the ass. He's a fun pain in the ass. No, the best part of the flashback for Chris was was the shipyard. That was great. The shipyard was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like seeing the galaxy class that was like under construction. Was yeah, neat. there was an Akira, I think. Couple. And at least one Excelsior. Yeah, I read the note. The note was very cute because, you know, they give Foundation Imaging the task of, we're going to see a couple, like, the Voyager at the shipyard. And they're like, the shipyard, you say? Just the Voyager? No, we're gonna we're gonna fucking go hog wild <laughs> with this two second scene mm. for specifically Chris because you can't tell fucking design nerds this is gonna be the funnest thing to design and you only have to design this tiny corner of it. No, they did the yeah. whole fucking thing. They did way more than was requested, and I'm also told that the final shot of Mars. I don't remember what shot this was, but I wrote this down. Is an actual satellite photo from oh, wow. NASA of the real Utopia Planitia. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I actually, normally I, I don't really delve into memory alpha, because again, that's sort of your department. But I happened to see that note because I was trying to find information <laughs> on Duncan McNeil and the fucking ping pong. Ah. <laughs> so I saw that. I was like, oh, oh, thank you, nerds. Yeah, you gotta figure that the reason why there's so many ships under construction is because under construction is because of uh, Wolf 359, right? Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. Imagining mm-hmm. most of these ships are getting destroyed in the Dominion War. Yeah, I'm surprised they're still building galaxies at this point. Well, I mean, but remember, this somewhere. is this is this is way in the past, though. This is well, even by the beginning of Voyager, though. You figure they probably are getting ready to move on to Sovereign as their like big model. Yeah, possibly. Although I don't know. I mean, they still make Excelsiors after you know because like the Sovereign isn't serving the same function that the galaxy did no she's yeah you know they probably still need that like fucking cruise liner class yeah yeah right. are they building new excelsiors or do they just keep <laughs> refitting the bastards yeah i think because i know we saw in when we talked about ship designs there was one that was in lower decks that was basically an excelsior they, um yeah but what yeah. about that just lose it's gone now but yes that yeah. thing but yeah yeah, why I mess with perfection, eh? <laughs> yeah, speaking of ships, uh, we see the we see the relativity, and I remember mm-hmm. when we discussed ship designs back in one of our blog activities. Go check it out on Star Trek, whatever the name of our blog is. God damn it! God <laughs> damn it! SSHB it's gone. That's the one. Thank you, Caitlin. You're welcome. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, I remember when we talked about the relativity in that blog post. Mm-hmm. You guys were like, I mean, it doesn't look like any Starfleet ship, and and. Yes, it's because it's a future thing. Well, I can see how if they were trying to extrapolate from Voyager, like you five know, fucking hundred years, the, in the saucer future. sort of shrinks down and all gets more integrated. Like I can see what they were going for, but it still it just looks so alien. 
Yeah, it also, but it's a time ship, so I wonder if some of like, yeah. the interesting, like, frilly shapes, it looks kind of like some kind of a mollusk a mm. little bit. It definitely has a sea creature vibe. Yeah, like, I wonder if some of that is so that it can live kind of outside space-time, like like a Krenum ship did, even though yeah. they didn't look like a mollusk at all. No. They look like a beautiful chandelier earring set. Like, that's the thing, is, is if you just told me it was some alien ship, if you told me that was a Voth ship, I'd be like, sure. Look a little like a Voth ship. But it's just so... Yeah. And it's also... One thing that was not clear from the photos is that it's kind of pearlescent. Yeah. Like, as it moves, it's like the sh- paint shifts yeah. a little. I'm it's like, purple and green at the same time. It's yeah. like, what is this? Some fucking... I feel like it's like a, a Pimp My Ride <laughs> ship. It's like, we put this crazy pearlescent thing. There's speakers. Yep, it's got spinny hubcaps. <laughs> you put hubcaps on your hubcaps. You heard you liked hubcap style. <laughs> so now you can hubcap while you hubcap. So I do wonder, because we really, we're only taking their word for it yep. that they are Starfleet. We don't know that they're Starfleet. They could be... They've got ooh. the badge that everyone hates. They do it's have a the badge, badge that everyone hates. Yeah, couldn't they just replicate that up? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know that they're actually Starfleet. We're just taking their word for it. They could be part of the, one of the factions in the, in the temporal cold war that's fair they because here's the thing we now know from discovery that by the oh, what dear. 32nd century oh, or whatever no. that is <laughs> that um that starfleet doesn't have a time ship division at that time so maybe they're secret like section 31 maybe. yeah i feel like a time ship should be more secret because they're if, if you know about the time ship then you know about all the things that happen in time but again they're but they seem to be based in what the 27th century 29th 29th century which is before the burn so maybe they disband at some point or get destroyed. And again, maybe they get undone by Enterprise. It's very... Yeah. Just don't think too hard about it. I actually thought that this was Section 31 at first. Section 31 would have made some more sense. Like, I could see wh- that. I wonder why Starfleet doesn't already... Because time travel is evidently pretty easy to do. Just um, slingshot it around the just sun. Just slingshot it around the sun. You'd think that like Starfleet would already have time cops operating maybe they do and these time cops have to come back and fix their work because their tech isn't advanced enough we know that they they, we know that they have like the temporal investigations department yeah because they showed up on on deep space nine trial trials and tribulations you're talking about that but they're but they're just trying to determine if there is how bad shit was broken how how much did you fuck up not how much did you fuck up did you uh not trying to fix it job of not fucking up they did in trials and tribulations I actually, I do love though. I don't know, though. Julian almost fucked his grandma. That's true. Maybe he did fuck his grandma. <laughs> he did do the nasty in the past. The nasty, we just watched that one. Julian is lacking the Delta brainwave. <laughs> that explains some things. I will say though, in a way, Braxton kind of had a point in that like, he's like, future evil Braxton. God. He's like, temporal, Janeway's such a problem. Temporal psychosis Braxton. Yeah. He's like, Janeway's an enormous problem. And then Janeway is like, I don't care if it undoes history itself. You will tell me what's going on. It's like, uh, she, and she means it, I think. Janeway's gone a little mad over the past five years. Oh, is yeah. it temporal psychosis? Yeah, it's temporal psychosis. That's what it is. She's <laughs> fucked with time so much. Oh, That's what God. happens. Crazy, crazy Janeway. Crazy old Maurice. Janeway. You know, crazy old Janeway could apply to both of these episodes. Mm. I don't know. I think there was a great line in here that would be a great title. Uh, There's a... Oh, the the slogan of the Time Cops. There's no time like the past. (laughs) That's a good title. Fuck, that is the... Nope, that's the episode title right there. Yeah, the moment he said that, I'm like, oh man, that works. Chris is gonna gonna enjoy this one. I didn't even think of that. Thank you. 
I was too busy making fun of that line earlier to think about (laughs) its usefulness to our show. I I did like to, uh, I gave up wearing about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about the things that are going on on the Voyager that are kind of hints. Like, there's, like, all those weird little time shifts happening. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Neelix calls down to the EMH because someone's going space mad or something. They're violently ill. Space sickness, I think, is what they call it. Yeah, although it's the the mess hall, so it also might have been food poisoning. Uh, And EMH gets there, and it hasn't happened yet, and then suddenly... And since so-and-so keels over, yep. and, ah, good, lucky I was here. Well, you called me. <laughs> Did he then have to still make the call? No, he was already there. Yeah. But what I mean is, though, but to make sure the call happy, you have to go, remember to call me in three minutes. No, that's mm. that's some some Bill and Ted level level time travel stuff right there. Mm. They're the real time cops. They're the, they're the people that fix the issues <laughs> that Temporal Starfleet thinks they're fixing. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's all... It's, it's buckets on the door all the way down. Well, I was going to say, um, oh, fuck, what's Rufus's actor's name? George Carlin. Yeah, I was they should have had Carlin play Braxton. In, uh, in they should have oh, just had the original God. Braxton play they Braxton. Had, that. Well, yes. But that guy kind of sucked. I feel like... As an actor or as a person? I mean, I just didn't think... I thought this was. I thought the guy that they got for this episode was a better actor than the guy that played him in the first uh, episode. Probably couldn't have afforded Carlin. I just don't remember him, really. He was, you know... Kind of at his peak in the 90s. Yeah, but you do a Star Trek, though. He seems like a Star Trek guy. Neither here nor there. Neither um, here nor there. Th- speaking of things that are here and there, we have Janeway's all the way down in this episode. And the one thing that always takes me out, because mm-hmm. this seems fucking impossible. We run into to Seven in the in the pool table room. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the pool table room? Oh, the design is efficient. Neat. Thanks, Thanks Seven. Later on... Another version of Janeway looks at Seven and says, Wait, I do know you. You're that ensign I spoke to exactly once and for exactly five seconds three years ago, and you said the pool room table... In some number of minutes. Janeway has a crazy good memory, because there's a lot of that much. in this. No, it's, that, that is beyond plausible. I, I can't remember people whom I have worked with a year after they leave an office. But so. here's the thing, right? The, the, one, the one possible thing that might give it credence is that Shortly after that, like A, seven is peculiar. And Janeway even kind of notes it. Like mm. when she says She says it like a Vulcan. Vulcans yeah, but are, are exactly. Peculiar. But you don't you don't They're expect that from a human. So she's looking at seven like, oh yeah, I see it's efficient, yeah. Like probably walked out there, what a fucking weirdo. And then shortly thereafter is when they detect the um Chronotons the Chronoton Zubadoob. Three point oh three or 0.03 or something. 0.003. There's 0.003. Oh, I read it in a book. I thought there was two zeros. Well, I don't know. You might be right. I thought it was 0.003. Oh, well, there was also the 0.003 or whatever fuckery that Duquesne there were like, oh, not as bad as I thought. So those are two kind of odd events that happen within close succession. So maybe my the excuse I'm giving is that she also detected the point zero zero three variance, and that's what made her go to talk, go find seven in the first place. Yeah. So maybe like it just jogged that memory that like, maybe, oh yeah, yeah, the same day that we last detected this, oh there was somebody that looked like you, and you're very memorable because you're so fucking peculiar. What also maybe you look great in that uniform. Maybe say, kind you're of so hot. <laughs> maybe kind of helps it too. It's like she's only seen the same people for the past five years. Well, she definitely would have recognized. Well, also it was only two years. 
Oh, that was two years later. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was during that Kazon. So that was yeah. So but also yeah, she. There's a a hundred percent. Janeway would recognize somebody on her crew that was out of place at that point. Because there's 150 people. But yeah, whether or not she'd actually... Because the other thing is, like, on the one... by the time we... Yeah. On the one hand, it's a little weird. You know, it's like... Because it's like... You, you could kind of see how it worked. But on the other hand, it's like... I feel like your first day on the job has been completely wiped out by the crazy crisis you had a week later. And, it, like, I wouldn't remember it because it's like, too much has fucking happened. Mm. Yeah, well, a, a, a point zero zero three temporal variance must just be a very rare thing. Summon. Because, yeah, it sticks out every time it happens. Oh, what did you guys think of seeing the Voyager destroyed by that time weapon? It was a good explosion. Like, it was a strange effect. It was. It, one was. Of the, it was one of the weirder explosions of a ship we've seen. Because it was, like, not a traditional... Yeah, it was being it ripped apart by anomalies, like the... Blue yeah. flame. The, yeah, it the, came apart ooh. in chunks instead of exploding into glitter like they usually do. And the bits of ship that were left behind had, like, a weird, almost lace effect in the hull. It was interesting. Yeah, it was very different. They, like, they I noticed it, it being different, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, because it's a time bomb. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Again, with time bomb. Some days you just can't get rid of a time bomb. Nah. Seven just running around with a rubber head. Ah. Speaking of time bombs, yeah, we got lots of time bombs. We've even we've even brought a couple up during this episode. Yep. And oh boy, when I set when I put together our little blog activity for day, today, talking about time travel instances in Trek, I didn't realize there were like so sixty of them. <laughs> so we're gonna try to keep it a little more focused, and we're gonna tell you. Our top and bottom time travels. Wait, bottoms too? Yes. Fuck. Because <laughs> there's a couple I need Fair to shit on. Fair enough. From, from Trek and Dealer's Choice, if you want to choose anything that follows this episode in our in our watch. Because, oh boy. Does anyone have anyone that they want to start with? Um, for, for tops or bottoms? So, The Visitor is just playing one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. Are we Good. doing? Are we gonna? Are we doing this like our year and, or our end of season? Sure. Thing, or you just list that your your tops. Yeah, give us all your 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 tops. Chris. Okay, let's. And, and and tell us what you need to about them if you want to. I mean, the visitor's just so well acted. Like it's just so good. Tony Todd knocks it out of the park. He does. He does. Um, yeah. No, it's a great fucking episode. It's really. Um. These these are in no particular order, unlike my usual lists. Oh my god. Uh, little green men, because of course yes. <laughs> I had to pick that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferengi at Area 51. There's some stuff that I could have done without, like the Umox, but aside from that, so much fun. Uh, what's it called? Not Enterprise Incident. Um, Yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Enterprise C and the uh, Lieutenant uh, Happy Gilmore. Castillo. Guy. Thank you. Castillo. Castillo. Oh, yeah. Voyage Home, of course. Like, the, like, go-to Star Trek time travel story for everyone. Double dumbass on you and too much LDS yes. in the 60s and... When we were talking about time travel, like, I think the first things I thought of were, like, Voyage Home and City on the Edge of Forever. Before, it's like, okay, what, what even, before you had a list, I was like, well, what, what else was there? Yeah. There are, there are a lot. The thing is, like, a lot of the ones that Memory Alpha cites are just ones in which... Time there, there's, stuff happens. There's a time but... thing that happens briefly. Yeah. And actually, you know what? I'm going to go off list for <gasps> my number five. What? Uh, time Amok. I wouldn't count that as a time travel episode. Oh, but time stuff happens. Yeah, why not? It's a it's a time is just moving at a different rate. It's not you're not traveling in time. You're traveling at your rate of time. 
true, that's but time's okay. broken. But I also do love that episode. That's time shit. Yeah. Oh, that's count. I mean, Plus, right, I think that right. Memory Alpha List includes one that does that, so fuck it. Does it? Yeah, the one where, like, there's three datas at the end. There is time travel in that one. There is? Yes. The, the I only remember Paris? I just remember there being, like, three datas at the end. Three datas, one bridge. Yeah, because they're from different times. <laughs> Are they? Well, fuck it. Time amok anyway. Fair. Fuck okay, it. I'll allow it. It's our show. We can d- d- bend the rules. Hmm. Uh, I guess I can go. Jake. I have some overlap. So I'm going to go. Mine are, are, appear to be in broadcast order, probably because I was reading through the, the list uh, and adding them as I went. So uh, I'm going to start with The City on the Edge of Forever. Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad someone mentioned it. Classic episode. You know, a, a good uh, Star Trek episode in that, like, there's a, there's a moral quandary involved. And, uh, yeah, just generally good episode. Very good. I also said The Voyage Home. Yay! I said Tapestry. That being the one where Picard has to go back in time to prevent himself from getting stabbed through the chest. It's a good mm-hmm. choice, too. Um, yeah, and I like that episode because of, you know, there's just Picard less learns a, an important lesson. That don't, don't fuck with the past, sleep, basically. Sleep with Q. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized the formatting of the list was such that I didn't know I could swipe right and see even more episodes. Oh, yes. Oh, um, yeah, I had to put it in columns to fit on one page. Next up, are you going to do The Visitor? Yes. Again, another great episode uh, for reasons mentioned. And then my last good episode, not good, there are a lot of good episodes. My, my last of the favorites, of the top five favorites, is going to be Children of Time. Yay! I'm also glad someone said that yeah, one. Yeah, Children of Time, where the, where the Defiant visits their descendants and then fucking Odo. Fucking Fucking oh, Kira, I wanted to know it was me. Yes. <laughs> I, I will say, just looking at the stuff I'd missed, I, I'm still fine with what I have. Although, how did I... I meant to put Trials and Tribulations on there. Oh, well. Is there one that you would even swap? Little Green Men. Oh. Uh, Trials and Tribulations just way better. Do you want to swap them? Yes, please do. All right, done. Doing it. <laughs> Doing it now. I feel like mine and Jake's list is, like, basically the same. Isn't so so I just write Jake's Jake list twice? Mm-hmm. Well, because I was going to say Children of Time, because I love that one. The Voyage Home. Yay. City on the Edge of Forever, because obviously. Did we, de- did we decide that First Contact was a time travel one? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wait, which the First Contract? The film. Yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the film. And how about the first Star Trek movie? 2009, that is. Oh, that thing. Oh, it's on the list. I love that movie so much. I know that you don't, Ames, but it, I love it. I don't like movies, so. Oh. That's a lie, because I also, I think I think we are sweeping the voyage home. Uh, voyage home sweep! Woo! Because it's fucking excellent. Like, they balance comedy and time travel and sci-fi and character stuff. All all in this little, little time travel-y episode. And nuclear vessels. And vessels. So my other tops. Another movie. Apparently I don't hate movies. Damn it. Uh, First Contact, because uh, I, I have the Data. softest spot for First Contact. Y'all remember, it is my favorite of all of the movies. So, yeah, obviously. More like uh, Thirst Contact. Mmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Blow on Data's little skin area. That what he calls it. That's uh, actually a pretty big skin area, from what I recall. It's fully functional. Uh, my other tops, I have no other I have no other overlap with you guys, because 
as is typical, I go for like the weird time shit, including the one that we talked a whole lot about today, relativity. I give you tons of reasons why I love relativity. Seven does a great job. The other time traveling episodes I will mention, I will mention Visionary. Mm. Where we killed O'Brien like oh. three times. Oh, yeah. poor O'Brien. Just because I love the way that the episode is framed. It's framed in such an interesting way, and it has consequences in real time and in the future, and we see the station explode, and that's just all cool. And my last one I put on my tops list is Before and After, the one where mm-hmm. Kess is going back in time, because one. it's another one that has a very interesting way that they tell the story, because they tell it out of order, and yet in order for Kess, and it's clever as fuck, and it's one of few episodes I really appreciate Jennifer Lean in, so so those are my tops. Yeah, she did a good job in that. Nice. Bottom? Bottoms! Shit. Oh, so I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, you want to go last? Right away, Assignment Earth. Oh, yeah. Because that's just a bad episode of Star Trek. It's not an episode it of Star Trek. It isn't. I was just going to say yeah. it's not an episode <laughs> of Star Trek, actually. Yeah, shit. See, the problem is, like, a lot of these, I had to look them up to be like, what, what, what is that? So I... There are a lot. And just looking at the titles again, I don't remember a lot of them. <laughs> do, do you need any clarifications? Ugh, probably all the TNG ones, practically. I don't remember what half of them are. tell you what mine are, then? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. keep looking. I'll come Jake. back. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Some, so, of, some of our discussion made jog some memories. All right. So my bottom Do it. starts with Assignment Earth. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But yes. Shit it episode. Is, it, is no, it is a shit episode of another series that somehow was aired uh, in Star, to be Star, Star Trek. Trek's time slot. <laughs> Next up, I'm going to go. Now, this one, I did have kind of trouble with the bottom because it turns out I actually quite like a lot of the time travel I know. episodes. I know. A lot of them aren't necessarily bad i just yeah. don't remember so them. of of all of the ones that might not belong on this list this is the one so i'm gonna say time squared okay that's the one where the enterprise is trapped in a in like a space world yeah that's the double picard and one. there's oh and, and yeah that episode sucked yeah picard from six hours in the future visits them but he can't speak and yeah no i'm that yeah no Ew. and it's yeah. just i just think that episode for a time for like a episode that could have been cool with yeah. time travel stuff and people from the future warning you about events definitely stealing that it's one. just boring as fuck it's yeah. just really boring not great oh i put it on your list anyway so great put it on my list too uh, yeah that will chris is not going to put this one on his list <laughs> times arrow times arrow i'm surprised it wasn't in your top times uh, arrow part two is on my bottom list well i'm gonna i'm counting them together because no, they're equally uh they they work they work together and no, not a great. Con- I was gonna say great concept, poorly executed. No, bad no. concept, executed poorly. Um, <laughs> you dislike it completely, don't don't. Because it's just like, like there's things there and there that could have been interesting, but like the Jack London thing. Oh and, no! And the Remember t- the name? Yeah, no, that Call terrible. of the Wild. And, and terrible Mark Twain. Like if they didn't, honestly, if they redid that episode and didn't have Mark Twain or Jack London, it might have been better. Maybe. I think, but like I think. They drag it very far down. Because there's some good stuff, too, in there, you know? Like, yeah, I like the aliens, I remember. The aliens are interesting. The soul-sucking aliens. Oh, the crew has to pretend to be a traveling Shakespeare troupe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Data, data dealing with uh, his demise. Data dealing with his demise. Data building, d- pulling a Spock and building something out of <laughs> bearskins and uh, stone, knives. stone knives. And and, and even Guinan, I didn't think was bad. So there's a lot of things I did like about the episode, but there's it's just it's not the things that I disliked about it dragged it way down for me. Next up, another times times orphan. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the That's fucking baby, Keiko one? Yeah, well, Molly, Keiko, Molly O'Brien falls into, Molly. A, falls into a time vortex, comes out a feral adult, and it's just, yeah, not great. Shit's just depressing. It's shit, shit's depressing. I feel like there's some ethical issues with, oh, with, yeah. with, what, with what they do in that episode. Such ethical issues. Uh, I rewatched that one not too long ago, and I was just like, ugh. Yeah, so not not great. Say it so, Miles. And then I tried to keep all my lists of things that we had already seen before because it would be easier to talk about, but I just could not resist putting the whole fucking entirety <laughs> of Picard Knew Season 2... <laughs> Is the worst fucking time to my fucking bullshit. It is bad. Yeah, so Picard season two, worst time travel. It is pretty bad. It might be the worst Star Trek. I, I don't know. We haven't gotten there worse yet. Worse than TAS? M- maybe. I don't know. Ooh, it's been a, we'll have, I think. I feel like when we when we get to it, you know, we might have to do some kind of comparative analysis. I mean, I didn't, because don't get me wrong, I didn't like it. TAS so. was yeah. I was surprised though because. Like TAS, well, I don't know. We haven't done all the bottoms yet, so I know there's a time travel episode in TAS. I'm curious. Is it on Chris's list? I don't know. It was one of the you best. Still it was it was the best episode. It was the of best TAS. episode of TAS, which is still not saying much. No, that, we actually had this discussion on the way over. Where it was like, yeah, it's a TAS one, but fuck that. And <laughs> uh, Caitlin said, yeah, well, probably the best TAS, but yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm still. All right, Caitlin, do you have some bottoms? <laughs> Girl, you know I do. Uh, Simon Earth, mm-hmm. for reasons that are obvious. Shit. The one that the other one that Jake said, Times Squared or whatever the Oh fuck. yeah, the double Picard. Yeah, not good. I will say all of season two or no, sorry, is it the Discovery, the Red Angel shit. Yeah. Season hate two of Discovery. It. Oh yeah, so it is season two of Discovery. Hate it. Times Arrow. Very, very bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm also gonna say Generations, because very, very bad. Wow. It's a yeah. I, I, I get that. I was considering Generations because it just it seems like such a cop out to bring Kirk back. It's forced as fuck. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No um, good. That's a rare, that's a rare instance of time travel to the future. Because usually when we do time travel episodes, we're going to the past. Yeah. Doesn't technically like every season of Discovery count since we've got thrown into the future, or not really? That I would guess. count just the episode if we go to the future. Well, because they're not coming. Fuck back. that Red Angel <laughs> shit. I. Uh, it makes me so mad. I know we're not there yet, and I'm not going to go on, but. I really liked season one of Discovery. I really liked it. I liked just make a bunch of beeping sounds in here if you can, just like and it'll look as if it's spoilers. But like, I, I just... might just fade out and fade back, in, depending <laughs> on how, where this goes. I'll build off that because the whole Red Angel thing was on my bottom list too, and it's because it's confounding. Mm. It's because it makes the whole season confusing, and it makes me feel stupid. Like watching Relativity. Going back to our discussion we just had on Relativity, I love that episode because even if it doesn't make sense, it's followable, and it makes you feel smart that you followed Seven along. You watch The Red Angel, and it rips the fucking rug from under you and says, nope, major spoiler here. Actually, fuck it. I won't spoil it, because it doesn't matter, because it's stupid. Oh, it reveals who The Red Angel is, and I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you nine times. You make me feel like an idiot, season two of Discovery, and I hate that. Bad, bad Star Trek. Just hate the writers, not yourself. Yeah. I have a couple other overlaps. I also said Picard Season 2 because it... Waste. It was a fucking waste of all this time travel. They set a million things up and then bo- and then didn't bother with them. Oops, it's sorry. really irritating. Not just a waste of time travel. A waste of... Time. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Yes. But like a waste of like good characters like Q and... Real. And Rios. Oh, yeah. And Guinan. And, like, just characters that you that you want. Like, 
how many times did we say during TNG that like Guinan was one of the best characters? Mm-hmm. You know, recurring yep. guest. She doesn't. She's not in a lot of episodes, but when she's there, it's like yeah, something good's gonna happen because fucking Guinan's here. She's a better counselor than Troy. She's a better bartender than Data. She wears great hats. She wears great hats, and like she's a fucking confidant and and like friend of Picard, and you don't see that because like everybody else on the ship is his underling, where mm-hmm. she's like kind of a peer, mm-hmm. and like to put her in in. Picard season two in the way that they did didn't I I wasn't excited about Guinan you know well because it wasn't even really Guinan like I feel like if you're gonna bother just you gotta get Whoopi like yeah. how oh, and I, I f- know that like they would have had to have done a lot of makeup or CG or anything but, I mean like, I didn't I didn't mind the actor I, 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 that didn't bother me all that much but I don't know it just, just it didn't like feel the, like the same character Whoopi Gold no that's definitely true but I also feel like Whoopi brought like. Which would gravitas to the character somehow, which is funny to say about Whoopi Goldberg. Which you can't even say is like, well, you know, she's younger. Because when we saw her even earlier in Time's Arrow, she wasn't that different from 24th century Guinan. So what happened from 18... You mean in personality? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, I like, agree with that. Like, what happened between 1880 and 2024 or whatever, that she's suddenly a completely different person? Well, here's the thing. I fully believe... Because they tried to hand wave it in like an interview or something, but I fully believe that the writers did not know about Times Era. Probably not. Because, <laughs> because well, let's be fair. No one wants to. No one wants to. Me. I'm the only person that even likes part one, and even I hate part two. <laughs> so like, like the the image of Data's head in a mine is one of those images you see a lot. It's like semi iconic, but the episode is from is actually not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Which brings back my, brings me back to my bottoms list, because Times Arrow, of course, is on my bottoms list. Y'all know how much I shit on Times Arrow an oh, awful lot. You love it. Mm-hmm. Yep, Samuel Clemens can get right off my ship, please. Again, a sweep for Assignment Earth, because it's not Star Trek. It was a, it was awful. The other thing, as a time travel episode, there was no fucking reason for the Enterprise to no. be there other than we wanted to watch. No, you don't. That's a bad idea every time. That's not what you do. Morons. Yeah. Uh, my last one on my bottom list is kind of it's a I had to I just had to pick one because I couldn't think of another good one and the, it's another one where it's like the reason you're doing this time travel episode I don't think is a good idea because it's wrong starker than death or night. Yeah. I nothing really. That one. Nothing really against the episode itself. It's just that Kira decides I want to go back in time to go visit my mom and then Cisco says okay like a fucking fool yeah knowing that kira will go and break things knowing that there's no good reason for this was that the one where she like gets to see her mom being a you know being a comfort, comfort woman. woman yeah yeah that yeah. one and well then, i was gonna then, say the other thing that they always call people you know um fuck people that work with the cardassians oh collaborator collaborator yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah that was the word i was looking for but yeah both of those things yeah so that's why i wanted to mention that one just because it feels on yeah, but, but all that gold ducat there is that being like, a smarmy piece of I, shit once, you know how we love that Ames. once she's in the past i'm down with it it's that there's no fucking reason for it she's like oh, i want to look at the orb of time all right <laughs> why not fucking so, things dangerous so far on chris's list we have assignment earth and time squared do you have Three more bottoms or as many other bottoms as you want to list. Uh, I will say, and this might come as a surprise, 
any time the Temporal Cold War comes up in Enterprise. Good, I'm glad you bring that up, because I don't know much about the Temporal Cold War, except that I know a lot of people hate it. I enjoy a lot about Enterprise, but the whole, like, they got off on the wrong foot by having the Temporal Cold War, and the more they abandoned that storyline, the better. <laughs> it was dumb, it was needless, I, even if it wasn't actually his idea, I blame Rick Berman for signing off on it. But, but Stormfront is so much fun. Which one is that? I'm, th I'm pretty sure that's if that's what I'm thinking of. It's the one. It's an, is it a Nazi one? It's the Nazi. Stormfront is a Nazi thing. That's not the Temporal Cold War, though. I thought it was. I thought it was connected to the Temporal. Well, Cold War. okay, they kind of look at them nerd. Without getting into spoilers, <laughs> it's kind of a side effect of actually them finally wrapping that storyline up. Mm. So a byproduct, if you will. Because yeah. wasn't Daniels there? No. Oh, you're right. No, no he wasn't. But, so, all right. That one is tangentially connected, and that one might actually be okay. But by and large, 99.9% .9 of Temporal Cold War stuff is dumb and held the show back. Yes. yes. Uh, what else we got? What else? And saddled us with the Enterprise J design. Oh, my oh, God. No. That's right. It did. God, I hope that's been undone by something. Duquesne. <laughs> what else? What else? To what the else? rescue. How many more do I need? Two. Two. You can leave it at three if you want. If you don't need, if you don't want to include more, It'll be a slightly shorter blog post. That's all. <laughs> I guess I'll have to agree with like generations. Yeah. It's a weird. It, it's weird. It's dumb. It was just an excuse to have Shatner show up for twenty minutes. Yep. Fifteen minutes, maybe ten. Not not that much of the film, which overall is a kind of deeply middling film too. Time's Arrow Part 2. Wow. Oh. But, but specifically Part 2. Specifically Part 2. I remember liking Part 1. I don't remember why. It's been years. But I remember even, I was like, <laughs> I loved Part 1 but hated Part 2. Data is quite cute in Part 1. Part 2 mm. is, it's I an think assault a, on the senses. There's a lot more Mark Twain in Part 2. A lot. Like, there was less of him in Part 1. He's like hitting on Deanna. It's weird. Yeah. Fuck Part 2. Great. Oh, that's a good list. And you can see that whole list if you haven't been paying attention or wondered like, wait, did they pick this one or did they just mention this one? They're all up on our Tumblr. There we go. com. because, you know, we're in the past right now. But I, <laughs> in the future, in the future, I put all this up on the Tumblr. You can check it out. Ooh. Uh, I've already checked it out in the future. Nice. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so that's our blog. We have lots of great blogs up there. Check them all out. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, next week, we're going to have more fun, because next week we are wrapping season five Crazy. of Voyager. Oh my God. It's going to be a good time. We're going to make more lists. Yeah. <laughs> so this basically means the end of good Star Trek, no? There's good. There's more good Voyager. No, I mean after that, though. Enterprise uh, has its moments. We'll eventually yeah, get think... back to Prodigy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. I think there's some, there's some good there stuff. Is some good, there is some good Enterprise, because every so often for the blog, I'll watch an Enterprise episode that's relevant and realize, oh, this one's good. It's it's no, I have faith in Chris's decision. Here's the thing you'll get. Here's the thing you'll get. Enterprise is like the McCoy years of Doctor Who. When it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, you die inside. <laughs> and there's very rarely in between. Anything in between? Oh, good. Cool. Yeah. So next week we're still on Voyager, though. We've got two more seasons after this, but the episodes next week we're discussing Warhead. And both parts one and two of Equinox, the season finale and season six premiere. Woo! Yay! So keep it here on SoundCloud or whatever podcasting application you like using. To more, I'll start a steer her by to listen to those episodes. Listen to any of the past ones. We've discussed so much more time travel. Go find all your favorites. Woo! Yay. With me, 
Ames. And me, Caitlin. And me, Jake. And me, this is going to will have been Chris, possibly. I don't even, don't even bother with Texas anymore. Yeah. Scooby-Doo laugh. It what was. What the fuck was I, that? I, I wasn't going to say anything. Now but you was... have to keep it. Yeah. Shit. 